Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 10% off your first year of urgent assist. This is available in all 50 states as well. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away in the fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian social services. If he's rolled to go back there, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. And we, ha we have Judge Ann Donnelly to thank for this. Please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. Also, please go to pleasedoyourjob.com and sign the petition. That's pleasedoyourjob.com. I'm bringing on Emmanuel Shetler. He was last on my podcast January 24th, 2023, season four, episode 17. And he's the father who has been sucked into the throes of vicious attacks against him, not only in the family court in Keatsville, Missouri, but in but the Amish as well. And he left the Amish culture in 2018. And that's the only thing he did. He wanted a better life and asked his wife to leave with him. However, she refused. And she has kept the children with her since. And uh, I welcome you back, Emmanuel. And we've got some updates. So where are you at now? Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me on here. Um, <laughs> to be honestly speaking, um, the last months, I really feel like um, maybe they've got what they want. They think they won. You know, I just, I don't have the energy. Um, I don't have 40 plus hours of uh, months to drive, you know, to spend all that money on the, and on the road just to see my kids for, to have them for five days. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really don't know where I'm at right now. Uh, it's really, it's, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. I want to see them, but at the same time, I'm scared. And, and you're scared, um, because you're afraid of false accusations being called out. Absolutely. Um, it's in the past, um, she's accused me of, you know, different things uh molestation was one of them two days after i found out about my girls and then she admitted in deposition that she done that to keep the kids because she was afraid that i would get the kids if she wouldn't do anything because she never reported sexual abuse and i mean she done a good job she kept the kids away from me for a year and a half brainwashed them 
mm-hmm. and the court system just looks the other way. Right, because the last time we talked, the judge shamed you for not uh, staying Amish. Yeah, yeah, he put it in the decree that she gave me an outstanding endorsement to come back Amish. Like, this is a divorce. It's not... I mean, there's so much... There's so much that goes through your mind. Um, like, what is really, really going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and you were doing exceptionally long drives to see your kids. Yes, it's uh, it's about 10 hours one way. And he did not take in consideration for, you know, to, to divide it equally. And they just passed the law in Missouri where it's supposed to be 50-50, you know, if possible. But she's absolutely not 50 in anything except for keeping the kids. Mm-hmm. I have to drive 100% of the way. I have to drive... So it's 10 hours. I mean, it's 20 hours just to pick them up and I'm wore out. And then a week right. later, I t- it's another 20 hours. And it's we have to get up at 2.30 in the morning. My kids on a Sunday morning. So we make it down there by noon. It's it's sad. It is. It is. And now she's also participated in custodial interference as I recall. It's been so, well, when it first started, it was kind of the, yeah, the whole CPS, they kind of, yeah, fabricated a story to try to get and got the kids back across state lines. Um, And that's, I don't know, CPS is the worst thing, I think. United States ever came up with. They don't help. Oh, Um, I agree. And she's, your ex-wife is also, you know, this educational neglect. Apparently the judge isn't noticing that either. His exact words in trial was, um, I believe my attorney said something about, you know, I, I could... Because I told them, I, I even called the schools and you know got everything um, figured out where what I have to do, you know where I have to go and get everything lined up for when I get the kids. You know, because I said they're going to have to start at base one. They're going to have to start in kindergarten, even the fifth graders, because they don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the judge said, "Oh, according to Amish standards, they're doing okay." However, He's taken their word for it. There's no, there's not been any, any research done. The GAL hasn't done nothing. I've, it's like my brother was convicted of, um, when he molested my girls, I was never notified. And that was in Kentucky. That was, um, um, Kentucky. I was never notified to go testify on the kids, my children's behalves. I was never notified when the court date was. I was never notified when anything is with my children. Mm-hmm. Well, the judge is not doing his due diligence, which also makes him a child abuser himself. 
Absolutely. I 100%. That's what I said a million times. I watched these videos of these Amish, you know, there'd be 30 to 50 Amish up in these courts with these child abusers to support them. And that's, if you support any kind of child abuse or any kind of abuse for that matter, if you sit there and support the person, you are supporting the action. And that mm -hmm. makes you really just as bad or worse than that person himself. Oh, I agree. And, and your children have, unfortunately, completely, um, all of them have lashed out on you now. Except for the two, well... Really, they, they piled on me. The three oldest piled on me because the two youngest, I had them for two months, two years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to say except for it was nothing to take care of them. Mm -hmm. They went, and, um, we looked at jobs. You know, if we did a job, if I did, I do roofing mm -hmm. and construction. They were there. They watched, you know, we start the truck they sit in the truck turn the air conditioner on watch videos hat books it was like not having kids i mean they were so quiet they just behaved they were so good mm -hmm. but it's just changed but they still wanted their hair cut mm -hmm. older three realized that i was taking them for a haircut they pile on me and start baiting me and pulling my hair um it was horrible that's heartbreaking. It is. Uh, now they even, in fact, said to you, uh, we could say something to put you in jail for a thousand years. They keep saying, oh, mom, mom could have put you in jail for a thousand years. Mom could have put you in jail for a thousand years. I said, what does that mean? Because I said, if mom could have put me in jail for a thousand years, I said, she tried everything in her power. I said, including because the kids came to my house and they said, um, well, mom bought you your first truck. I said, she did what? Yeah. I said, she bought her your first truck. Well, I said, I'll, let, I'll, I'll set you straight. She didn't buy me shit. She took everything and she still got money from the business that never, I never got a nickel from. And she still admitted she's getting money every month. Mm -hmm. they, well, you must have stole your new truck. I said, what are you talking about? I stole my new truck. They said, well, mom said there's no way you could afford a truck like that. So you had to steal it. I said, it's a 2018 one-ton truck. How am I going to drive it on the road if I stole it? Right. But, but it's, but they don't, at this point, they don't believe me. Mm. They know what to believe. They're so brainwashed. Yeah, and this happens, and you know, you've even tried to call them, and your ex just interferes with that, saying they don't want to talk to you. Every time I was given a number, because we're supposed to have communication, I was given a number, which was supposedly a neighbor's number to talk uh, with the kids, the phone, if you need anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't get a hold of her. She won't talk. Uh, I have not spoken one word with this woman besides when state troopers or the police and state trooper were out there. I cannot. I've paid taxes. I've paid 
I paid over $10,000 in taxes plus the payments in the property in New York and the property down here that the judge didn't divide. She will not, she has not made a, she's not paid a penny on anything because I wasn't going to pay more than my half of the taxes in New York, but it was up for tax sales. And she, two days prior, I finally ended up paying it because she was not going to pay it. And this judge, and okay, so what is this judge's name? Judge uh, Terry Allen Fashannon. How do I spell the last name? Um, Sorry. (laughs) T, I don't know. Uh, Give me one second. No, no, that's okay. Okay. (laughs) So it's it's like Shashannon is the last name? Shashannon, T-S-C-H or something, T-S-H. Well, and that's a, that's a he, right? That's a male judge. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get it. How old is he, do you think? I would say in his mid fifties. Man. But the GAL is, I thought he was, um, I was like, you know, he should be retired. He's like, he's got to be in his 60s. Mm-hmm. And, up, and he's like 47 or 46. <laughs> and he has no clue what's going on. He's like a, he's like a damn zombie. Mm. Now, maybe he's waking up with too many hangovers. You know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. there's definitely there's something in the water down there. There's something somewhere because it it is you can feel there's almost like a shift in the atmosphere. Like when you get down there, there's like a creepy. I don't even know how to explain it. But it's it definitely it's a weird vibe that you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, it, go ahead. I was going to say it's almost like it's sexual exploitation vibe that you get from them. Like they all, they have their little gang. Uh, and you're you're thinking that they're they're doing this to the kids. I'm not sure what's going on, but there's that or drugs or trafficking. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but it is. I mean, it's nine percent clear at this point. That county where they're reciting over the GAL and that judge reciting over, it was ungodly amount of children they pulled out of houses. They pulled children out of houses for having dirty dishes. And it was noted that they pulled children out of houses for less than what my ex-wife did by not reporting sexual abuse and continuing to take them back around the abuser. So they take the kids away. So I guess they get paid so much money if they put them in CPS's hands. Mm -hmm. And like one county over is less than, it's like 5% of the amount of kids that get taken from the houses. So there's 
yeah, there's definitely money exchanging hands somewhere. And this is, um, but they're not taking kids away from the Amish, though. Not from the Amish, no. That's what I'm saying. There's something. There's yeah. something, something deeper involved, and it's 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 been killing me to try to figure out what it is. Yeah, that that is creepy. Uh, being that the Amish are classified as a cult. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and you know, not only is she alienating you from your kids, you know, she's participating in custodial interference as well with these uh you know when you had your pick up and drop offs and the the kids jumped all over you yeah so when i had the last time i picked them up was in march and you uh, know so i picked them up the and i told them when they got out there i said if y'all don't want to go I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'll take three of them or take two of them. And then next month, I'll take two of them or three, you know, change it up. So not all of y'all at the one time. And I sit out there for 15 minutes for one of my daughters and my oldest son, because they was like, oh, we don't want to go. Well, I found out after they wouldn't get out of my car, I found out they said, oh, either we all go or none of us go. Mm-hmm. That they all knew what was going to happen that day, and they wanted to, they had to participate in order for it to work out. Um, I don't like to think of them as evil, mm-hmm. but at this point, um, I mean, they are, mm-hmm. they are, they're, they're, they're just they're transforming their minds in an evil direction and. It scares me. Even my youngest, he just turned six. He told me, I don't have to listen to you. You're not Amish. And this is where these kids learn not to respect authority. Right there, what you what you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. They believe they're God's chosen people. Um, and nothing can harm them. However, if you do look at, at some of the, you know, the data of what goes on of rape, I mean, everything you look at, it, it's just, I can't even think about it or it, it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, also, you know, your ex is not answering any of your text messages, you know, or phone calls you know, related to that incident when, when the kids attacked you? No, she hasn't. She hasn't. The only communication I've had with her, I've tried calling, I've tried texting, I've tried, you know, I've told her, like, at least take the phone over and let the kids tell me they don't want to talk to me. Um, the drivers or whoever's got the phone, oh, she said, I just relayed a message. She don't want to talk to you. The only communication I've had, she sent me a letter stating that oh you can buy me out on the property hmm. that is not it didn't say oh well i'm concerned about one of my kids they might be on some sort of a spectrum hmm. uh and i made it clear that i believe that one of my kids is on some sort of a spectrum and i don't know if it's from trauma or if he's really on a spectrum but 
she ignores all that and as long as unless it's money coming her way that's all that's all it was about is i can buy her half out it was never a concern that oh she took one of the kids to the emergency room however she's supposed to let me know if she does any of that never does um i don't know i don't i haven't heard anything in since the last of march And this is, I hate to say, typical behavior of an alienator because, you know, I was always the last to know anything that happened to my kids as well. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And and what does your family think of all of this happening? My family. I have uh, I have one brother that has left the Amish, and he has left the Amish probably six years ago. He lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And a matter of fact, I went we went up there um, about a month ago and helped him and his construction company for a week. Besides him. Um, they think we should move on and forgive and forget. Uh, so really the last time I talked to my dad was at a, um, a stock sale, livestock sale. And he came over to me and uh, he tried talking in Dutch. I said, I don't, that's not my language. I said, I speak English. And so he started talking about him. Uh, his lungs are bad. That he's and that they're going to Mexico because because my mom has got something on the side of her back or her side that they think might be cancer or something. And he said, "Well, maybe I should quit smoking." You think I should? I said, "This is the truth. I, this is what I told him." I looked at him and I said, "I really don't give a shit." I said, "I don't. I care less if you fall over and die right now." Mm -hmm. I. I said it was your kid that molested my kids. You, it was your grandkids that got molested. You didn't do a goddamn thing. Not mm. one thing. I said for a parent and a grandparent for that, I told him. I said, and he told me, he said, well, you can at least say hi when you walk by. And I did not know until that moment. It's not, I don't even hate him anymore. Mm -hmm. I just I really don't feel anything. If they would die today, I would not feel nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's indifference. Mm -hmm. uh, and they think, they think I should. I, I said, I can't, I can't, you know, what's been done has been done. And I said, my girls still haven't got no counseling. I've made that a point for two years and they still haven't got any counseling. Oh. Uh, so no, I don't. I don't. I don't even talk to my family. The way they feel, they have a one-track mind. Mm -hmm. uh, forgive and you forget, and that's what he said. Well, you have to forgive and forget if you want to get to heaven. I oh. said, throw me to hell. I don't give a shit. You know, I really don't. Because mm -hmm. I said, you know, that's where you've put me for five years, and I said, I mean, I live one mile from nine tenth of a mile from them. And I haven't seen them since. Well, that was last, end of last summer, last fall. 
So. I mean, that happens, I think, with a lot of families when these things happen. You know, they um, families seem to turn on the the victim, which is you. It's common. <laughs> How? How and why? You, you, you got me. I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's amazing how people just turn on you and say the most horrible things to you when you're going through this. People that you thought were your close friends. What? It's just, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> I have to say, I really, I don't have that many close friends. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've we have a couple, but. And I get sick of talking about it. And I know other people get sick of hearing it. And I'm like, I just don't understand. You know, it gives me a migraine. Just, it could turn you crazy. Mm-hmm. Rolling it. And I finally, I had to stop. I had to stop and focus on, you know, get my degree and do focus on work. Because it was driving, I was at the verge of, of breaking. Mm. I was sleeping 10, 12 hours a day. Um, and I, I just couldn't do it. But I know, you know, that's that's exactly what the judge and what they all wanted and what their prediction was going to be. It was going to break me. Mm-hmm. So this whole little town they're in is corrupt. And um, it's, uh, you know, when they're all linked together with all this collusion and conflict of interest, no one can get any justice. Absolutely not. Now, when we first walked in there, um, I believe it was trial date or it was a hearing prior to trial. The judge said to the opposing counsel's attorney he said or her attorney he said uh he said how's your dad doing because he said i haven't seen him in a while because they both studied law together and they were intermingled family whatever they were and i'm like this is so unethical Mm -hmm. you know it's not ethical and i've wanted to change do a change of venue but my attorney wouldn't even he wouldn't do it because i've seen very, very quick that there is not going to be any justice. When you keep a restraining order on me for a year and a half, I mean, it wasn't even a full restraining order. I never got a hearing for a year and a half. And And there's no justice even in, if you put a complaint in, there is no they won't investigate. Because um, they asked me, they said, oh, when they called me back about a question they had, when I put in a complaint, they said, oh, haven't you filed one of these before? I said, absolutely not. They said, well, I thought we seen one. I said, well, maybe my girlfriend did. Because I said they railroaded her. Mm-hmm. They, was not, they weren't going to look into it. 
it's just it, a lot of people wouldn't get this until it happens to them. I agree. I would. <laughs> I, I really, the way I feel right now is you might just as well be a criminal because they're going to make you out to be a criminal mm -hmm. if you're, you know, you, and I hate to say it. I, I mean, I truly, but that's, that's how everything is playing out is if you're not a criminal, they will torture and torment and alienate you until you look like the biggest crook and criminal of all times. Um, I truly believe an actual criminal has more rights than an innocent person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a criminal gets to see their kids more than you are. Yeah, if I would be, if I would go to prison for life, I would see my kids more than I do. And that's just right, right. And you know, um, these kids, you know, it's all, it's like they're trying to have you locked up. Oh yeah, that one that night. Well, when I said uh, they had to. They said they had to either all all of all of the kids were gonna go or none of them were gonna go when I picked them up. So I finally, after about 15, 20 minutes, and you know, nobody came out. Nobody came out and said, Hey, what's going on? But we finally left and on Monday night, that was on a Sunday at noon. On Monday night, about I'd say eight, between eight and eight thirty. State police, sheriff, and social worker came. I was like, what the hell's going on? They said, oh, we got a complaint. You beat up the kids. And my ex-wife admitted later on, she called. They had collaborated with the kids that they this was what was going to happen. They was going to get the police, social workers, and everybody involved to come out to my place, make up this story, and then social service was going to take my kids, and then they were going to call them, and they was going to come up and pick them up. I said, why? Why did you even go in that car to come with me? Um, and after, like, they were, they all, they took them out one at a time and um, talked to them, which I don't trust them. I don't trust social workers. I mean, they're 50, they have zero degrees. I don't know about other states, but they don't have to have no social work license here to work in social work. Yeah. Um, I the, could go. They're just inept caseworkers is what they are. Yeah. In two weeks, I could have the same degree and go in there and work, do the same thing as they do. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, they talked to them and, um, and while they was talking to us, the state trooper and the social worker, uh, they came out and talked to the straight state trooper, one of the girls. They said, and then boy, they said, did we say enough to put dad in jail for a thousand years? I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Because they told me that mom and their uncle and all the Amish want to see it, me and Carrie. They want to put us, me and Carrie, in jail for a thousand years. So I finally, I, I was at the edge of it at that point when I seen how the kids betrayed me, you know, came up here. They were my best friend. We were having fun and just instantly turned. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told the social workers, I said, fucking take them. I said, I really don't give a shit. I said, take them. 
She said, oh, well, I'm not going to take them. She said, I'm about to go to the house. I'm not taking them. I said, do your goddamn job and take these fucking kids. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to take them. I said, why the fuck did you come out to my place just to torment me? Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I said, you know, this is not going to stop. She said, well, let me tell you something. We will be out here every month if you get the kids because there will be something. I said, I guarantee you ain't because my fucking front gates are going to be locked. Unless you have a search warrant or a warrant to arrest me, you will never come in my place again. Mm -hmm. And no, they just come out here to torment me. Oh yeah, that that's what they get paid for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get out of did they release you from the restraining order? They did. They released me. Um they can't carry on for my ex-wife, which has all been lies and it's proven. Mm-hmm. But he just did for the hell of it. He just because he decided he wanted to do it. So in March, so Carrie gets a re, she gets uh, a notice in the mail that she has court on a restraining order on the children. Hmm. That was right after March. And uh, so she had a whole bunch of bullshit. All it was is a bunch of lies that they fabricated and said, because Carrie wasn't barely here, my girlfriend, while mm-hmm. here. She let us do her thing, and that's what we did. Um. So they ended up, uh, they ended up giving her a restraining order on the two girls, but not on the three boys. <laughs> and that's what I said. Even at that, there was absolutely no grounds to stand on for the judge to give that restraining order. But he had again drive all the way down there for a damn court date to do a restraining order. And now, you know, if I would get the kids, she would have to leave or, you know, be away from them. And he did it because he's a fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all he's done it. And while she was down in court, which the GAL never told, never called me, never emailed me and said, hey, the kids are going to have an in-camera interview. I've never, never been notified when anything is about my kids. But she gets down there, the judge asks, well, where's where's Emmanuel at? She said, well, he didn't have a restraining order, and the GAL, Tracy Carlson, didn't call him to tell him that he had to be here. She said the judge was aggravated. It's just, it is, <sighs> and that's what she's been telling me, well, you should go take it for a contempt. I had, like, 20 some things written up for a contempt. But I said, it's pointless. I'll spend money to do a contempt and go down there, take a day, two days off by the time you drive down there, do a contempt for what? It's a bullshit joke courthouse. That judge, they don't even have fucking cameras in their courthouse. You know, nothing is recorded except for they have reporters. That way they don't have to report the stuff they don't want to report. Mm-hmm. So, and you'll find things missing from your transcript. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's just, I don't see how it's legal. 
No, it's a it's a kangaroo court, and if you look that up, it's it's actually a term. Unfortunately, really? there, yeah, it's uh, if you go to Wikipedia, it's in there. Kangaroo court. I have to I have to look that up and research that because I've never I, I've never seen anything like that. It's like the early 1900s. Yeah, this is all a big witch hunt, and they picked you. And even your your girlfriend, because she had gone to jail March 23rd. Yeah, that was the night that they came out and uh, they said, oh, she had a she had a warrant for arrest since uh, September because she went to Walmart and a social worker or caseworker. She called herself a social worker, but she isn't Vicki Graham of Fleming County um, Social Services. And she made up this lie about um, Carrie was, I forget now what it was, but it was two different counts that she had, that she was threatening her and yelling at her and doing this. Well, it's on Walmart footage. Mm -hmm. And she said, followed her all throughout the store. She never was in the store. And Vicki Graham, and there's multiple people that have worked with her over the years, and they said she's a fucking child. Mm-hmm. When she said, when she asked her a question, she went, bah, 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 like a school kid. And she made all this. But right after that happened, Carrie went down and tried to file um, a restraining order to keep her away from. She didn't want anything to do with Vicki Graham. So she don't, she said, I don't. I don't trust a woman. I don't want to be near her. I don't want anything to do with her. And they said, oh, we can't do anything. She's a state worker. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't do anything. So, yeah, she went to jail overnight over that. Um, and she's actually got court coming up. Can you say what that's about or not yet? It's yeah, it's about the Walmart thing where she uh, she asked her a question and I forget what it was, but it's um. Well, it, it's because she accused Carrie of being, you know, uh, screaming at her, and she was scared for her life, and um, it's a couple different counts. Um, that she's got court later or next month mm-hmm. on that part, but it's just it's. I mean, Flemingsburg is not much better. I mean, it's sad to say, but these little towns, I really wish they would go to, you know, these rural towns need to go to a bigger city or something, be interconnected because there's, there's just too much corruption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Small town corruption. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's absolutely right. Oh, I'm really sorry you're going through all this. Well, when the first time when um, when she accused me, because none of those I made four reports. I think I said it in the last episode about the girls being abused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But nobody seemed to know anything about that. But they sure got it when she had false. She filed false allegations on me and then admitted that she did it to keep the kids from me. The state trooper, um, Kyle Wright came out from uh, Moorhead Post and he said uh, he said what's your story he said you're going to jail he said what's your story 
I said, I ain't got no damn story. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I said, there is no story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he straight out told me I was going to jail. He said, what's your story? So that's what I mean. It, it's just, it makes you sick to think that's that's who's controlling this world mm-hmm. of corrupt people. Oh. But yet he sat in that interview that they had on a Saturday and listened to her that she knew the girls were abused and let her take them kids across state lines and knew that they never, to this day, did they have a translator. They had a German translator that they couldn't understand. I could barely understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, completely different. But my brother-in-law, for two of them, my brother-in-law was the translator. So it was a he said, she said, they said situation. Um, and I, I just don't see how any of that's legal. I don't see how not all of them are charged with a federal crime by letting her take my kids across state lines after they knew that she didn't report sexual abuse. You know, worst case scenario, they should have kept the kids and not given back to either one of us if that what? was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't understand. And the grooming part. Mm-hmm. I believe grooming is not is not illegal. Um, the last time my six I got in March, my six year old had the neighbor's phone number written inside of his shirt. And the only way I knew it is because my uh one of the other kids told me um that's what they had planned. They knew that the, the police was going to come and social service was going to come. He told me that afterwards. And they said, oh, yeah, well, our secret. But he said, you can never, never tell anybody because he said they will beat me so bad if they ever find out I told you. And that's when he told me, he said the that the Brian Needhold, the driver, wrote his number inside my six-year-old. Well, at that time, he's five years old. I mean, he can't read or write, but why are you putting the number in there? Mm-hmm. Which he's the same He's the same guy that, before this all started, told me that I will never get my kids. And then he turned around and told me that, uh, oh, yeah, he said, I've been accused of sexual abuse. He said, what's the big deal? I said, I'm a fucking rapist. It's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. I said, it's a big deal. When somebody just casts that around, like just a normal word. I said, it's a big deal. And I think this town is so small and the judge is so small. They just overlook things and expect you to just go back to being Amish and carry on in you know in in my opinion while you were Amish I believe you know I think you were verbally abused and you know it's just okay it's okay if it if it happens to you oh yeah yeah it's because the way the Amish work and there's I don't know if I talked about it or not on that night that um I actually left when uh, I woke up at 12 o'clock at night on a Friday night 
and my whole living room was full of Amish people mm-hmm. and they tried to put Xanax and Paxil's in my drink and my food. Um, they tried everywhere in the world to give me those because that's their go-to. It's better to be fucked up on peel than it is to be not Amish. The worst thing you can do, you could rate every child in the country, mm-hmm. but leaving the Amish is still way worse than that. So that's the worst thing you can do is leave the Amish. Except, uh, on their mind. My my opinion, that's the best damn thing. That that was the best day of my freaking life. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to make you pay for it. For oh, what? Forever? I mean. They won't make me pay forever. They can't. I mean, I. I don't know. <laughs> It, it it can't it can't go on forever. Um, I mean, it may. There's a piece of it that's or part of it that will go on forever, regardless. Um, I don't know. Like my best friend growing up, we were best friends for eight years, and he called me up. He said, "If you when I left, he said, if you don't come back, Amish, I guess we can't be friends anymore." I was like, "Are you?" really serious so it was really and that's what i should have gotten a divorce right to begin with but mentally i couldn't have handled it because i had i really i had besides carrie and her mom i had nobody Mm -hmm. i mean everybody i knew and everything i knew it's i'm telling you it's like jumping out in the middle of new york city naked you have no idea where to go or what to do. I didn't even know how to get a driver's license. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine because it's it's a cult. They keep you, um, they just coercively control you in this cult. They do. And they, they, they know if they have to be educated, the people won't stay. It's as one mother mm-hmm. said. Well, my one son could barely read, but at least he's still Amish. And the one that could read and write, he didn't stay Amish. She said, I'd rather have my uh, my children dumb and Amish than smart and non-Amish. Like education is, that's the last thing on their mind. They don't care. Now, who said that they would rather have them dumb and Amish? And not that be- was- that was an Amish family in um, Rogers, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, apparently CPS doesn't bother these people, even though they're, um, you know, cavorting around, molesting kids and keeping them educationally uh, uh, neglected for yeah. That's absolutely what it is. They have a school within three miles of them that said they would, the superintendent, I talked to him and he said they would be more than happy to send a bus out there to pick them up. He said they don't have to change their clothes style and they'll do as much as they possibly can uh, as far as not on the computer, on books, as much as they possibly can. And he said they will do as much as they can to try to, you know, uh, respect as much as they can but he said they would be honored to have them i said well 
you might say that now, but when you really realize, he said, well, he said, we're the state. We have to take those kids if you enroll those. So he said, it doesn't matter at what level they are. We will get them to the, you know, appropriate point. And I was like, well, but I can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. The judge won't. GAL, um, it's. Uh, yeah. And, and just, it, go ahead. I said, it, it's sad because when I, I mean, I got my GED and going to college and I see how hard I have to work to overcome the stuff I didn't learn. And I mean, we didn't learn anything really, except for basic math, reading, writing, um, that's pretty much it. I didn't even know. We didn't even know about planets. Mm -hmm. I didn't lived on Earth. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a lot to overcome, and I just I, I it kills me to see my children, you know, to have to go through that. And they're being brainwashed. And that's also child psychological abuse your ex is doing on them, as well as other family members. It is. It's, it could go on for days on that. I mean, it, it's just. Essentially, what she's doing is she's giving them personality disorders. They've got it already. Uh huh. Absolutely what they've done. That's what I said. They're, they're, they and and I've tried I, I done I, I done um college I had the opportunity to actually do two religion courses and I done the second one just because I was curious but everything that I have that my conclusion in order to be Amish you have to absolutely must be a narcissist. You have to be able to do live multiple lives. Mm -hmm. And that is the only way you can be Amish. So I guess in a way, I don't know why I expect anything better than that, because you absolutely have to. Exactly. In fact, um, that reminds me of uh, this book. I want to read, uh, let me find it here. I can tell you what it was. Um, okay, here it is. It's called Living and Working with Evil People. It's a survival guide that's living and working with evil people. A survival guide by Eric L. Nelson, Ph.D., I can send you the, I'll, I'll put it in the podcast notes too. Um, I read a couple chapters and it's extremely helpful. I think everyone should be reading this, even 10th graders, uh, to, to learn what you're dealing with. Yeah, I've read a lot and it's, without being able to read or without the ability to read, I, there's no way I could have coped this far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this judge to Shannon has acted just his behavior is horrible. Apparently, your ex-wife was sitting only just two feet away testifying, and the judge stood up and screamed across the court 
for her to come up and testify so he could hear her. And this this was after he took his leave to go to his truck for a minute. I wonder what he was doing in his truck. I don't know. Maybe he dyed his nose back to normal. He put a little makeup on so you don't see the redness in his nose. Makes you wonder. Yep. Yep. Who who behaves like that in court? I've never seen a judge say, hey, wait a minute. I've got to go to my my vehicle. Uh, I'll be right back. Oh, dude, it was in the middle of a court. That's when my that's when my girlfriend had to for the restraining order. It was in the middle of it. But yeah, my ex-wife was up there testifying. She was talking when he stood up and yelled across the room and told her to come up. And then he's like, Oh, I didn't see you. Oh. So apparently he took a, he took a little bit an extra apparently he took an extra straw on that one when he went to his truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like I've never seen behavior like this in my entire life of these these people. It just, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's you know judges are famous for calling people mentally ill and things like that when they themselves are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know which is worth uh, worse, mentally ill or addiction. Both of them is a bad disease. <laughs> right, right, and also your girlfriend Carrie is in the divorce decree for a road ra- road rage incident that apparently never happened either. Exactly. She, yeah, she's in a divorce decree twice. One time, her name is spelled different than the other time. But yeah, she's in it, and that's what they tried making it. And I said, if it was a, if it was, if this was an actual, I did, you know, I said they ran in the back of my bug, uh, back of my car with their buggy. Um, I didn't think that much of it. She took off. They took off. I said, if I'd have known that, I would have stopped there and collect insurance on it because somebody would have paid to fix my bumper on my car. I said, if it was that bad, mm-hmm. and her neck, Carrie's neck has been bothering her ever since. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's. And they, so th- they came up behind you and like kind of rear-ended you with a buggy? With yeah, because the- we, we seen them and we had grapes. That was when we were uh, trying to figure out who this Phineas Shrog was, which he ended up being a 19-year-old boy that was living with my kids that had brutally raped his sister, as the judge to Shannon said, brutally raped, and stood over top of her and said, you might as well not tell anybody because I will. And she was 15 at the time. And this was after she was raped multiple times by the bishop that got 72 years down there. And we was trying to figure it out. And then we we bought some grapes because the kids love grapes. And then we see them. So we pulled around and, you know, we just pulled around and stopped up. And we, we figured they'd stop. We'd give them grapes and, you know, tell them to give to the kids. Well, all of a sudden we seen that we didn't even realize what was going on. And all of a sudden we looked back and it was, they was on us. And it was, bam, the side of their wheel hit the back of the buck. So I don't know. They were hung on each other. Um, they were like they were on the first date. So I'd say they weren't looking where they were going. Um, they were kissing. Mm-hmm. And 
So I think that's what happened, and they were embarrassed. So they just like a narcissist does. It wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. This is that is what happened. But yeah, I explained the situation, but we got the decree back. The judge said, "Oh yeah, shit, road rage." Like just bold face lies. Yeah, they're they're saying that your girlfriend had the road rage. It's like, okay, so then you know, with this them bumping into your car. You know, um, I know the Amish don't respect their horses. They don't take care of their horses. They run them into the ground until they hand them off to someone else to fix their hooves or whatever the problem is or to put them down. They, yeah, they have no respect for animals at all. And there's matter of fact, there's just one of them that got caught down there. He was on the news, one of the Amish for a puppy meal. And he was one of the worst ones, they said. I've heard uh, those, yep. They have no, it, they have zero respect for animals. Really, they have zero respect for anything or anybody that's not helping them. So as long as they use them until they lose them. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I've heard since I was a nurse, I've heard that like if someone who's Amish needs surgery, if they pay up front, the hospital gives them a discount. So, um, you know, like if, say, an Amish guy needs open heart surgery and they pay the hospital. Um, and then the Amish don't pay taxes. <laughs> well, uh, they do pay taxes. Uh-huh. They don't in social security but as far as taxes we always had like we have property tax um income tax we done all that but we just didn't we have it's called a 4029 form and you can look that up it's on it's on the internet if you look it up 4029 we had to sign those to be exempt for religious beliefs um so we didn't have to pay in for social security um, yeah, it's just That's a whole really bunch. Weird. Yeah, we were supposed to be exempt from Social Security and it was supposed to exempt us from fighting because we're not going to fight for our country. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. But we want all the freedom. That's all it's about. They want the freedom, but they're not willing to sacrifice nothing. And they're getting away with that. Yeah, they're getting away with that. Mm-hmm. And that's at the taxpayer's expense as well. Absolutely, it is. Taxpayers don't know this stuff is going on. And that's, I mean, it's sad. Um, you see all these buckies get hit, and it is tragic. It is sad. But on the other hand, we don't live in 1900. Right. This is 2023. Do away with the buckies. Don't run your buckies on the roads. You know, we're not. I don't feel the drivers are responsible because there's very little or very poor lighting on these buckies in a lot of these communities. And then they want to make out, I mean, then this person that was driving the car has a lifelong PTSD and trauma attached to their life because some assholes don't want to put any lights on their buckies because they think that it's going to keep them out of heaven or because the bishop says you can't. Or I don't know. It just, it aggravates me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the whole thing aggravates me as well. And, you know, what's also sad is, I mean, I think both you and your girlfriend are just afraid to even be around these kids, walking on eggshells around these these kids because you don't know what they're going to say next. And, you know, kids do make up lies based on the grooming that they've been told and coached on. Yeah, I've noticed that about the kids that night. Like when they came up, like they remember. And I said, I said, what, well, what did you say? Well, I don't remember. But they remember in detail what they were supposed to say and how they were supposed to say it in order to make sure that I get arrested. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> how scary. And you have not seen them since March. Correct. Oh, that's, you know. So sad. They need they need to be in person in a in a facility where they can be deprogrammed. Right. I wish if I would have known what I know now, it would have been easier for me. But it took me like three and a half years to get deprogrammed and rebuilt myself. So it's hard for me to think back the same mindset like what kind of mindset they have the homage have it's hard for me to think that way but as i've seen the kids it kind of it kind of brought back memories you know some of the things they say like oh just like oh we're supposed to break the phones if you give us phones we're supposed and they did they did break the phones i gave every every one of them had an iphone um mm -hmm. But when you're going out to eat, you know, they're, I don't know. It just, I don't know. Right. You don't know who they're texting. Um, well, even as far as, I don't think they can text very well. Yeah, but they, they can't know. But they're like YouTube. But as far as what are they pondering? What, what are they supposed to say? What are they going to try to come up? And they'll put me in prison for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's happened multiple times for people, innocent mm -hmm. people. And I, I don't see where, I don't, I don't know. It scares me. It scares me enough that I don't, at this point, to have partial custody with the way that things is, I cannot put myself or my girlfriend in the situation um, with the kids here. It's, it's too dangerous. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of parents like you going through this that's like my girls are they're 12 years old and they had they had no idea but well they did say oh well because i asked them i said have y'all gotten your period mm -hmm. they really didn't know what it was or they said well we got these pads something something like if something happens so they didn't really know about puberty they didn't know they didn't they still thought babies come from god or walmart or the doctor or so i did you know i tried to educate them mm -hmm. and put some videos on you know learning experience videos mm -hmm. and watch them both of the girls are twins and they were up here on my computer and kind of looking through some of the videos that were you know appropriate kind of to teach them like how the birth of a baby because mm -hmm. they were saying how they <laughs> It was so funny because they were saying how um, 
oh, they want a lot of children. They want like 15 when they grow up. And then my one daughter, she, <laughs> she's, I can see myself in her. Like she, she's, she's, I don't know. She, she's just like me, I guess. After those videos and then they watched, uh, there was some show on TV where a woman was giving birth. She said, dad, I don't think I'm going to have any kids. Right on. Matter <laughs> so of about three months. She said, because she said, did they cut that woman's uh, stomach? Is that why it's hurting so bad? I said, no, they did not cut that woman at all. And she said, I don't think I'm going to have any kids. <laughs> but the next time that, that was in February and then in March, they said, oh, yeah, mom was mad that you told us where babies come from. Oh. I said, you should have known that when you was. Well, I said you were abused when you was eight. You should have known about the body parts way prior to mm -hmm. eight. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't even know the body parts. <sighs> You would so, think. So it's like you try to educate them, but every time you try to teach them something, you realize that you have to take another step back and you try to teach them that. But then like it's it goes all the way back to the beginning because you really can't explain childbirth, you know, without explaining some of the other stuff. And then some of it, it just mm -hmm. it is it takes you down rabbit holes and then. <laughs> Like they have so much catching up to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I, I just feel so bad for you that you're being alienated from your kids. And, you know, the custodial interference is a really big thing because, you know, that that's a felony. And law enforcement doesn't even know much about custodial interference that they should. I don't think they care down there because that's right. the, that's, the one deputy, his name was Frank. He told me the Amish get special privileges down there. I stopped there in March when I went down there. I stopped at the police department because the sheriff was supposed to be in Sunday at that time. I made arrangements for him to be there so we could meet at the sheriff's department and talk. All of a sudden, oh, well, he's off that day. I said, really? So I come all the way down and then he's off. I said, mm -hmm. that's convenient. But his deputy finally came in. I said, I'm not leaving till y'all get here. He went back there and I mean, he, he wasn't going to, he didn't give two shits. He was not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. He said, well, they're Amish. That's what, um, how, I forget how we said it. Something about that's how they do within the Amish, you know, that's normal for the Amish. Now we're human. We're Americans. Like we're supposed to have one law under all, but we don't. Wow. I mean, see, a lot of people don't know this. Um, I'm, I'd like to have you come back on my podcast again and, you know, check on you, see how you're doing. I, I mean, it's an appeals now. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I, I had to let go. Um, I really did. I was, 
it was worrying me to death. Mm-hmm. So I finally just got the appeals attorney and I, I just kind of focused on my work and, you know, my career and try to try to live through it and see what happens. But that should be sometime in October or November. Mm-hmm. Oh, how, how it's the waiting on that too. That is, you know, did, did, did he filed the appeal though already? Didn't he? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes, it's in a process. So he said it'd probably be October, November, is if he was guessing. Mm-hmm. But if you ever, I don't know if I mentioned uh, Mary Byler. She goes like Facebook. I think it's by Mary No Justice. Um, and she has a TikTok. Um, but like her story is kind of, I guess, kind of the way the Amish rule, uh, how they roll. And she was, when the, she finally got the abusers in court, the Commonwealth, I believe it was Pennsylvania, took mm-hmm. it over. And the judge's first concern was, well, how's that going to affect tourism? Oh, because my God. Tourists come in the Amish country all the time. He was more worried and concerned about tourists not wanting to come in if they find out what really happens i mean she was raped before she you know before she was five her dad died at five years old and he was raping her and then her mom remarried and then he molested her all her brothers did her mom knew it oh which her they ended up some of them ended up in uh in prison for a little bit including her mom went to jail or prison for a while but she still, there was no justice. You know, there was, um, she kind of explains some of it, how it, how it, injustice it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is frightening. But I don't understand though. The Amish don't vote and they don't pay in social security. Like, why are you, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, they've been doing this for I don't know, you know how many years they've been here. Um, I believe it was uh, in, was it 1695? <laughs> I believe it's when it was. See, I never knew that until I was able to do research. These old, I was always told, and I was 30 years old when I left the Amish, but I was always told, well, there's always been. It's God, God has a hand in it or it would have went under. Oh. <laughs> it, all this i think it's i think it's been going well been going under because way back when uh, my grandparents were a little bit younger they went on a bus tour to lancaster and my grandmother was so thrilled to go and, and see the amish people just like that judge wanted tourism right so my my grandmother's sitting in the bus waving to this little boy in his amish outfit and this little boy gives her the finger oh <laughs> hard to you can't make it up i mean and that was back in i would say the 70s or 80s late 70s 80s that's another thing about my kids when they came up here they were using the n-word mm. 
everyday thing. And I was like, uh, you don't do that. Because mm -hmm. that's around, you know, different people um, when we had the two boys. And they never, they were in love with one of um, my stepdaughter's best friend's boyfriend. Uh, they were in love with him. Like he was a good person. And they, see, they never seen color. And all of a sudden, they see the color and it's all races. He said, well, we can use the N-word. Nobody knows what that means. I said, that's not Amish. That's not Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm -hmm. and I, don't, I don't know. It just, it scares me. That they're, you know, it's, it, it's so scary and sad that they're being this abused. And the judges don't care. They don't. And at this age, if they're abused at this age, the way they are, brainwashed, manipulated. I mean, what are they going to be when they grow up? Mm. You know, 40 years old. If they ever get married and get separated, I couldn't even imagine. Because mm -mm. they don't know what right and wrong is. Ooh. Yeah, I just, I... I just, uh, I'm just so, you know, shocked at your case. And I, you know, that's why I called you the other night. Cause like, oh, I wonder how he's doing, you know, and got you back on here. There's, there's days I feel like giving up, but I don't know. It's just, I guess what you call scatterbrain. I don't know. One minute I want to do this. And next minute I'm like, I just, mentally can't handle it and then the next it's like well i have to i have to keep fighting i have to mm -hmm. what's well, from all the stress of court i mean i hear this from a lot of people poor concentration you know things like that it's it's from being put through the court system it is it's worse than a freaking shit spreader yeah yeah yeah, it is a, a you know a three ring circus shit show. I don't know. I know I've lost a lot of faith in you know I should say higher degrees in mm -hmm. the last two or three years, like judges, lawyers, GALs, even state state troopers, and all the way down. I've just I've lost faith. And it's sad that we have to live in a world where we have no faith of our leaders. A lot of people have. You're not the first one telling me this. You know, uh, I see. I have a friend of mine. They were going through a divorce and it's Vicki Graham, the social worker. She's she talked to the woman for two hours trying to get a restraining order on her husband. And she's like, I don't want to. We just want to separate, split everything up, have 50-50. She ended up until she made her do it. And I'm like, dude, I, I feel sorry for you because you're you're going in what I did two years ago. And I couldn't, I, now I couldn't. If I'd have known then what I know now, <laughs> just that take them. You know, I, I can't do it. But <laughs> it's just hard. So just going to hold back and see what this appeal brings and just stay away from your kids so you don't end up in prison. That's exactly. I have to. 
-hmm. Yeah, we're both going to end up in jail if we, I mean, because she's admitted of lying. She's perjured herself so many times up in trial and court and stuff. The judge, everybody looks the other way. So there's, I don't know. Yeah, there's no point in me really um, going back to that court as far mm -hmm. as try to get. I mean, I, I've had to pay and pay and pay, and she's not going to pay. But if I go back down there, what's he going to do? Just make it harder. He's not going to do anything to make it easier. No. Or, or pay anything. No, he's he's not even going to listen. It's essentially a waste of time. It's sad. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And that's why I said, I just, I don't have the energy. No. But one letter, the one letter communication, all she talked about is I can buy her a half out. There was not one word in there about the kids. Not one word. So all they are is pawns. Yes. Most and definitely. Yeah, she yeah, she doesn't care about them. If she cared about them, she'd be working with you and co-parenting appropriately. Absolutely. And their first and foremost thing is to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. and it happened it happened once and she took her back around. She's not gonna do and she moved them right in with another rapist. She's not gonna and that's what I I fear every day. Every day. Um I mean, the ba bishop in that community, the 19-year-old, there was another one that judge convicted that put battery acid up his wife's rectum. He was Amish. Mm -hmm. He knows how the Amish work, but yet we don't get no justice. So I don't know if they're bringing something back from Mexico for him and giving him a deal under the table. Uh-huh. Who knows? Exactly. You know, have since the last podcast, has anyone reached out to you at all? Or I have not, and I've tried contacting a couple attorneys for um, uh, like civil suits mm -hmm. for defamation and different stuff, but I just almost gave up on that part too because you go through and you have to explain everything for thirty to forty-five minutes, and they say, "Oh, we're sorry, we can't help you." I'm like, why do you keep asking these questions then? You know, I just. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. It's crossroad after crossroad after crossroad until you just get wore down. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm going to have you back on, you know, um, anytime you want to come on with an update you know, let me know, but how can people reach you? If they have any questions. Um, I have an email. Um, and I'm telling you, I'm bad when I'm busy working every day. I'm bad at checking them. Mm -hmm. um, but if I don't check them, if they sent me a couple and it is KY as in Kentucky, fast, F-A-S-T, roofing, R-O-O-F-I-N-G, at gmail.com. That's K-Y-F-A-S-T-R-O-O-F-I-N-G at gmail. Mm -hmm. I'll put that in the podcast notes, but uh, 
you know, uh, is there anything you'd want to add? I was just trying to think. My memory is, it's very good, but it's so short. Um, it's from the stress. Because I have a hard time, like, I can't, I have absolutely no, like, time frame. My memory and time frame do not cooperate with each other. Um, I mean, I guess um, it was just, I don't know. I don't know what, like, I'm kind of in a, I feel like I'm in a rut. I'm stuck in a rut mm -hmm. until it feels that, until something happens. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and I will catch up with you again, but uh, don't jump off. Okay. Uh, Slam, Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Emmanuel Shetler and other exciting guests. And I totally thank you for sharing your story with me and us and, you know, I'm just so very sorry you're going through this and what your kids are going through as well. <laughs>